WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, I want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. Now, this show and this network that we're on is supported almost entirely by our patrons, and we would love for that number to grow so that we can continue to grow. So if you like Bacon and Eggs, if you like WB&E, if you like the stuff that we do, head on over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out all the great reward tiers we have over there. I can't recommend enough right now because we are ahead the $10 tier, which gets you unedited episodes of Bacon and Eggs, which means that like we're recording this episode way in advance uh, and you get this like so much sooner. So like if you saw me live tweeting about High School Musical and they're like, man, I wish I had a long form podcast to listen to about that. Don't want to wait two weeks for it to come out. You can just like you just hear it. You just hear it like two weeks in advance. It's good stuff. You should totally do that. Uh so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for donating. And uh, I'm excited to see new little patron faces. You don't have to show me your face, but you know, you get it. You get the idea. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're breaking free. Or maybe we're just auditioning for a musical. So get your wildcat spirit. And we're all in this together. Because today we're bringing you High School Musical. Not only are we bringing you High School Musical, we are joined by the premier high school author of of the 21st century. This is like probably the most excited I've ever been to have a guest on this show. And we've had some pretty freaking cool guests. You've had some very cool guests. We have. He said, one time my wife was on here. (laughs) (laughs) What a what a guy. (laughs) Just getting the right answers. Is our guest is the author of The Kissing Booth, like the Netflix movie, as well as a ton of fan fiction and all sorts of fantastic novels, including Ethan's first Read It With My Eyeballs book of the year. That is true. One of three total books I've read on paper this year. I'm I'm on it, Ethan. Three total. Yeah, it's it's you and J.D. Salinger and Neil Gaiman are my only paper <laughs> authors. That is some high company to be keeping. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs, Beth Regals. Hi, everyone. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Ethan. Thank you for having me. You are I'm so, so jazzed you're yeah. here. Yeah, anytime. This is your show now. It's called Beth Regals and Eggs. And it's Excellent. like, I, I'm glad I get to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. So High School Musical is like, how much of the kissing booth was inspired by High School Musical? I mean, High School Musical was iconic. So is like I can't say it's directly inspired by, but you know, it's I mean, just, the sequel has a dance it, scene. Like this I guess is the true. Pre- first one does, but like like a dance dance scene. Like a, this is true. I think it's just that whole vibe of high school romance and kind of the friendships that get built and stuff like that. Like probably minus the singing in my book, but <laughs> I feel like I mean, that's kind of hard to write. So. <laughs> I know Tolkien wrote in a lot of songs. I've been reading The Hobbit. And oh yeah, <laughs> it, it just ruins the reading experience, especially on the audiobook because I listen to them very fast. Oh man, <laughs> there's no good answer with audiobooks and songs, but, is there? 
No, there's, there's I mean, no good answer. Them at normal speed, I guess. <laughs> the one thing I did like in The Hobbit, though, is that there's those couple of songs that they actually do sing for the movies and stuff, so you could kind mm-hmm. of kind of put it to a tune. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, real quick, running down stats on uh, High School Musical, directed by Kenny Ortega, it came out January twentieth, two thousand six, which is five thousand five hundred thirty-two days ago. Got a four point two million dollar budget. Uh, It made a questionable amount of money worldwide. I think it's very tough to put a box office to this because there was no box office, but there have been sequels and now a TV show and there's plenty of merch and there was a traveling show. And without High School Musical, we don't get the kissing booth. So it's like, like, there's a lot here. (laughs) It's called a tour, man. Like you, they went on tour. They They didn't pitch up a bunch of caravans and hitch them to the back of horses (laughs) and travel all over the Wild West doing their dance breaks. Like, what are you talking? It's a traveling show. High School I would be happy to see either of those, to be honest. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I I was going to say if Zac Efron wants to pop up and uh, do whatever, you know, on a caravan. But he uh, he didn't go on the tour because he had something better to do or whatever. He also in his caravan movie, the character he plays isn't even real. Like, if I recall correctly, when he's in Greatest Showman, where he's actually doing like the caravan shows like the character he plays and zendaya's character are not based on real people at all they're just like a total fabrication for this movie but it works somebody had to sing Duh. good <laughs> it wasn't going to be Hugh jackman apparently it's, yeah it's tough to watch uh-huh. anyway 63 percent critic rating on rotten tomatoes 74 percent audience rating on rotten tomatoes and there is no metacritic score so we're going with the beth Riekel's a critic score uh, i'm really feeling the pressure Right. Yeah, we yeah. need uh, this. This weighs your score more than other guests. Yeah, so I did actually do a review because I do movie reviews on my Instagram stories, which is something I started in lockdown like this time last year, almost mm-hmm. to the day. That's a frightening thought. But Isn't that um, something? I did High School Musical last summer and I gave it a seven out of ten. So I'm going to stand by that and go with a seventy-two. Seventy-two. Okay. I'll mark that in here. Uh, I think that's a. I don't think that's unreasonable praise. Ethan, what do you got? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be so bad. I'm so like not 55, ready. 55. That's better than I expected. That's better than I expected. This is better than I expected. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I said you it yesterday in the, group chat. the sequels. I'm, I, I'm interested to see the sequels and how they go. This was not uh, I've seen. I saw this movie once probably, you know, 12 years ago at this point and didn't, I don't think I paid attention at all. Um, but it was a back to back double feature of this and camp rock. If that tells you anything about what, what that day was back. like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Tyler, what's, what do you, what do you got? Uh, I, you know, I'm going to, uh, he's going to start with nine. No, I'm, gonna, I'm not. Was, no, no, I'm no, 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 I'm so prepared for such a low score from Tyler. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I actually really, loved really this. liked this. Um, I'm going to go oh, for good. an 83. Yeah, he, no, he loved this. I, uh, I had such low expectations that if there was the makings of a coherent story, I was going to be blown away. 
And I'm, I'm not like harsh on movies, I don't think. But this was like such a pleasant surprise for it to be. It, it I, The way I described it to Ethan was that it had the right nostalgic flavor. Like even though I had never seen it before and I didn't watch it as a, as, as a kid, it was like I, I appreciate what 2006 was doing here. This is a culture I'm familiar with. And I, okay. I really, really enjoyed it. Because that was my fear was that you guys don't have the like. Because I know, Tyler, you hadn't seen it before, at least. I wasn't sure about you, mm-hmm. Ethan, but I was so worried that it wouldn't have, like, the nostalgia factor, so that would, like, really have dragged your schools down. Yeah, I mean, I think no. if I saw this in 2006 and it was, like, a big deal for me, that I would definitely look back fondly on it, probably. I think it's held up better than pretty much every other DCOM ever, uh, at least prior to this. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. That is I a have great not one. seen that one. <laughs> Let me. Okay, so it's it's better than Johnny Tsunami Two, whatever that one was yeah. called. Johnny Kamahala back on board. That's it. Where he does, he goes mountain boarding inside. Johnny Tsunami rips. Honestly, I don't know why we're not covering that one, but uh, <laughs> we can. No. Um, yeah, to, to the point that Tyler made, it, it definitely had a coherent story, uh, and that's actually where it's getting a lot of points from for me, is it had a story that, like, tied together well enough and made enough sense that I was, like, able to be annoyed at the characters for the things that they do. Yeah, like, uh, Troy and Gabriella are really well flushed out, like, you get, a, Troy more than anybody, you get, like, a really decent image into their brains and how things are going, and, like, Troy's arc is infuriating, how, like... He just wants to try something else. It doesn't matter what it is. It just happens to be drama. And everyone is like, how dare you? You need to stick to the status quo, Troy Bolton. That's exactly right. That was a wild scene. That that scene has not aged well. (laughs) See, I have like really nostalgic memories of that because we used to play that song in our common room at school, like in our last two Mm -hmm. years of school. Um, because the year below us began to like infiltrate our side of the common room. We were like, no, we never got to do this. So we would play stick to the status quo on the little stereo that someone brought in to like try and drive them back. (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a very British thing to do, right? Keep calm, carry on. Yep. You know, (laughs) if you're on the basketball team, you play basketball. (laughs) What was this like? (laughs) You are like one hobby. Right. (laughs) What was this like for a teen in the UK? Were you just sitting there looking at us like, what are they doing over there? Right. So that's the thing with like all these high school movies is that I know they're like stereotypes and they're exaggerated and, you know, like mean girls and things like that. But that's Uh, all we see of it. So that's all we kind of assume. And it's a very different world. Whereas like I imagine, it's like one of the reasons I set the kissing booth in the US when I wrote it was because I thought I'm going to have to explain the British school system and like what year 10 is versus (laughs) like a freshman in high school and common rooms and things like that. And all that like anyone else is going to have that to compare to is is Hogwarts. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to set it in America because everyone knows like at least roughly what school systems like because the movies like, you know, yeah. Mean Girls High School Musical. I have, I have a couple comments so and a couple it's questions. Wild. Uh, when you wrote The Kissing Booth, and I'm sorry, I haven't read the book. So if this was a detail change for the film, then I'm sorry. Um, this is disgraceful, Tide. I don't know how I'm friends with you. I'm sorry. How dare you? I've watched the movie a lot. Uh, <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> did you know how far Harvard was from Los Angeles? I Googled. Okay, that's like. I thought, where is the furthest school from this? Yeah. Okay, so that was intentional. That was a. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, I mean, this is like, yeah, if you'd you be were hard in London to get going to high, away. going to college in the Kremlin. 
Like, <laughs> well, like again, that's one of those things that you just get in like TV shows and movies. It's like you know, everyone gets into like Brown and Yale and Harvard, unless yeah. you like Legally Blonde, where they show you actually have to work for this. Yeah, but yeah. even then, it's, it's like what? Like it's hard. It's very. Yeah. Hey, it's very. As somebody who applied to an Ivy League college, it is very hard to get into an Ivy League college. They did uh, not give me the time out. of day. I, I got rejected from our equivalent when I applied. So. <laughs> I have no, I had, I had in, in high school, I had a teacher who was British and went to school in England. And I still don't know how your school system works. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't feel like it's like massively complicated. You have primary school, which is no, kind of kindergarten already. through. Okay. <laughs> like it's just primary and secondary school. That's, that's pretty much it for your schooling. So primary school is kind of like four to 10, 11 and it's, Reception, year one, two, three, four, five, six. So kind of kindergarten through, I think that's grade five. And then you go uh, to secondary school, which is years seven through 13. And so that's like instead of middle school and high school separately, it's kind of both together. But your final two years are optional. And I don't know if this is a thing in America, but that's like, so sort of freshman and sophomore year. Your freshman and sophomore year for you guys, like for us, that's when you do your exams. Um, and after that, you can leave school if you want to. Or you do your A-levels, which is your final exams to qualify for university. And that's called sixth form. And some schools have a sixth form and some schools don't. And that's where it starts to get complicated. And that's why I thought, I'm just going to set the kissing booth in America. But like, <laughs> but like everybody goes to private school, right? Like everybody. And you all have I uniforms and houses did. and common rooms and... What, like, no, where like, did you common, get your common wand? Rooms are just, oh, I went to Olivander's for that. Like okay. everyone does. The only place you can go, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made my parents stand in a queue for like an hour to get my Olivander's wand <laughs> when we went to Florida. <laughs> um, like common rooms are just a pretty bog standard thing, but they are not like you would probably picture thanks to Harry Potter. Like the Yeah, I didn't figure you'd I go to like school the in a castle. the only way to describe it is I'm going to have to like, send you a picture of what they look like but it's like really rough blue carpet speckled ceiling tiles chip paint on the walls one creaky radiator by the windows that are always like damp this was I feel my like entire picture, high school a really bad picture of my school but i feel like this is a very standard school experience <laughs> um and like everyone would huddle around the radiator when it was cold and rainy outside and did you walk up but the common rooms in our school? school were only for sixth formers Sorry, what was that, Tyler? I was asking if you had to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow. Nothing but your I bare feet. I did for feet. an exam, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, where I'm from in Wales, it's really hilly. And so, yeah, I had to, there was a couple of us had to get up like two hours early the one day to walk to school in the snow because they declared that the exams weren't going to be postponed for the snow day. Everyone else got a snow day. Did you have to speak the Welsh language? Oh yeah, I have a, a like Welsh GCSE. What is a GCSE? That's the so thing that's before our, A levels. Like, freshman sophomore year qualifications. Oh. So I'm like between so Shadow and Rig, I speak Welsh. <laughs> I want I want to <laughs> I want to shatter some some American high school not myths so much. <laughs> uh, high school musical I I like she nails it shockingly well. Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. I would say the number one best depiction of my high school experience 
not as it relates to the main characters, but just like the culture of the school that they built is 21 Jump Street. Yes. That I've heard you guys say that before on the pod, I think. And yeah. I've, I've just sent a, that was the a DM I to saw. the... Um, I've just sent you guys a DM on the Bacon and Eggs Twitter, though. Okay. Because this is the only thing... I Like, this is the main thing that comes to mind when I think of American high school culture and high school Okay, musical. so so the it's giant, giant posters... giant poster of Troy and the Wildcats. Yeah, no, so that is weird. That yeah, wouldn't happen. Yeah, but this happen. is the thing. Like, I don't think me or any of my friends ever questioned this because we were like, yeah, like, it's... It's weird, but so is the rest of this school system to us. So we like pep rallies, cheerleaders, pep like rallies massive basketball so, games. Yeah, this could That's be. This could totally I believe that be there thing. are. I firmly believe that there are schools where that would happen in America. Tyler and I did not go to one. Um, we went to the best basketball school in the state. Uh, yeah. Um, probably at least in our division. Yeah, at least in our division, which was the third out of six as far as yeah. size goes. But also, like, yeah. Virginia, not exactly known for its sports uh, the way some other states are. So, like, yeah, there are definitely places where they would do that. Um, I don't think our high school football games would look like like a small, co- bigger than most small college football games. Our high school football games looked like a high school movie. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, See, even the college football games just baffle me, though. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah, something I can't explain to you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's you gotta, I mean, you like, have to experience it. Like, it just all seems strange compared to, like, you know, the UK school and university system. So, giant poster of Troy and the Wildcats? Yeah, I'll now, buy that. Now, that would 1,000% happen in college <laughs> in America, in, in, in really? collegiate basketball. Yeah. That they 100%. have giant posters of the students everywhere? Absolutely, yes. Oh but in God, high okay. school, it would have been, like, like Albuquerque East High does not have funding to pay a photographer to get a photo of Troy and a poster that big. So they would have one poster that they made in 1985 that says, Go Wildcats, yeah. that is tattered and destroyed, that they've been using every single year since then. Right. Unless, okay. the only exception here would be if one of those players went to the NBA, then they would just buy stuff for the school yes uh what, okay. you, what i was gonna say is th- it, there are definitely places where that happens in high schools uh albuquerque new mexico is not a place where that happens for basketball <laughs> noted uh albuquerque new mexico is a wild place for this movie to be set well, it's breaking like, bad isn't it yes yeah. <laughs> uh breaking bad didn't exist yet though i don't think no. yeah t- 2008 i believe yeah, in 2006, bad. it would have made sense for Brian Cranston to show up as a teacher in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the dad from Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's like Troy's Mr. Feeney. And so people got pressed with me yesterday on Twitter about the backpack thing, because I tweeted, why does Troy Bolton not have a backpack? Because no. Okay. It is so intrinsic to the American high school experience, especially in the mid 2000s, to carry everything you own with you around in your backpack at all times, all day. No matter what. And to never yeah, use like, your locker look, for anything. And Troy Bolton just doesn't have a backpack. But everybody else does. Except him. Oh, and Chad. So in the UK, we have lockers in high, in you know, secondary school, high school, whatever. Um, but they're mostly only used for like your PE kit when you've got PE or gym class that day. We have separate oh, we lockers. We have loads of textbooks and things. And um, there's another because you guys will get to enjoy all the high school musical like tumblr posts from 2010 now <laughs> like um <laughs> the people who question that chad of like 
no wonder Chad is behind on homework since kindergarten because the only thing he carries anywhere with him is a basketball. Is a basketball, yeah. <laughs> is a basketball. Like, where are your books, Chad? Where are they? How are you? How are you getting through high school? Uh, so a lot of this is my best guess is late nineties, early two thousands. Rather than every student getting a textbook, a teacher would have like twenty five of them, and you just get to use it while you're in class. Uh, I don't know how, how you took worked. it home. Yeah, I don't know how you studied at home or did homework, and I think that's why we transitioned away from that model and into the like one for every student. And then we had laptops, and that was like. Pfft. Who needs textbooks? <laughs> Down with the industry. Uh, I still spent a so lot of money guess on textbooks for, in college. For Chad. Now, Chad, I hate. Uh, oh, the fact God, that yeah. Corbin Blue was, like, popular is infuriating to me. Like, how can Tr- Corbin Blue be popular, but but Rose Tico ruined Kelly Marie Tran's career? I just don't get it. Right? Corbin Blue is, uh, uh, Chad is the worst friend the- ever. <laughs> Like, the only thing I can think, watching it back now, is that, you know, 2006, like, 11-year-old me had no concept of, like, toxic toxic masculinity and things like that in movies or toxic friendships to think, Chad, you are being really mean to Troy right now. Just be nice. Just support your friend. Don't try and, like, entrap him to badmouth the girl that he likes. I will say this about Chad. I, I, I can remember very vividly. I had a Chad moment in high school and Ethan, Ethan was on my side. We were the basketball team and (laughs) two of our friends came to school one day and they were like, we want to be vegetarians. And we were like, absolutely not. You cannot do this. You will ruin your life. You cannot do this. Think about college. How are you going to now? Obviously we were wrong. And to this day, those two friends are still vegetarians. I think vegan. Yeah. They went straight uh, vegan. They had to go their own way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I applaud that. I wish I could do that. <laughs> See, I was probably like, I was the Troy in uh, in my school. Look which at is you. only to say people. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, braggadocious. I have no modesty. Um, <laughs> no. What, like, because I, I studied physics at university and stuff. And people at school and things would say, like, why are you going to do physics at your A-levels, Beth? Like, that's a boy's subject. And I was like... I like it. I don't really care what you think. I'm so proud of you. And like with writing, I was, I didn't tell anyone because I thought it was a really weird hobby. And then I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I like writing. I post books online and they're actually really popular. So (laughs) just so you know, just so you know, killing it. I also like pranced around in a reindeer hat one Christmas because like I said, I, I just thought that's going to be funny. That's going to make people laugh. I really don't care if anyone thinks that's weird. And it did make people laugh. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't really care. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm, I'm like, proud of past me too. Way better than I did was. Did it have like antlers? <laughs> way like, better. Oh, like it was, it was almost like. Like protrusive antlers? Like a stuffed plushy okay. reindeer. Excellent. But just the head of it. And it had antlers. And then it had like little flaps down over the ears. And some girl had brought it into school the day we had carol service. Because that's a thing that we do in UK schools. Sing Christmas carols, yeah. and the music teacher plays the piano for everyone in, a, in the assembly hall. And for everyone, she brought it in as a joke, and I was like, "No, I will wear that throughout the carol service. Like, I have no plans <laughs> about doing this. You're speaking. I'm to, just going to dance around with this little reindeer hat on me. You're speaking to a uh, a part of my soul that definitely has plenty of times uh, became the the possessor at that time of a funny hat 
and and worn it until the bit gets old. Um, <laughs> that is that is very much well, about- a thing that I have done in my life. <laughs> It's, it's got to be done. It's somebody's like, even gotta. at the start of this movie, they have the team party for New Year's. And there's just like so many crazy giant hats. Oh that my gosh! Wearing. It's oh, like they it. went <laughs> they went to Party City and we're like, "What do you got for funny hats?" And they were like, "We got giant ten gallon foam <laughs> yeah. hats. How many do you want? I, we'll take them." I cannot tell <laughs> yeah. you anything. I would have rather done less at seventeen or twenty seven than go to a ski resort teen party. Right. And it's Alone. such a popular party. Yeah. And nobody knows each other. Like this is a, this is a thing yeah. that I I think happens in real life uh but is like definitely a factor in more than one a piece of fiction that I've seen where yeah these they're these like teen parties where nobody knows each other and nobody's drinking anything and just like somebody you know you're all having a good time. You're all having a great time <laughs> and there's karaoke and dancing and singing and uh Although you do say no one drinks anything, I did notice a line in this I've never noticed before where I think it's, I think the character is called Jason. I'm really sorry to any listeners if I've got that wrong and they're going to call me out. But he says to Troy when they all get back to school on the first day, like, do you remember the night before? And he says, all I remember is pink jelly. And I'm like, Troy, were you doing vodka jelly shots? <laughs> Troy Bolton. <laughs> he wouldn't where call did it that jelly. Come from? <laughs> Troy definitely did some underage drinking. Yeah, Basketball's one season, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so this movie contains the worst drama teacher ever. Uh, I don't, she listens to the, to the other two. She's like fighting the universe to fill the cast of this show. And the president of the drama club is like, we can't do it when two of the most important people and best actors are available. I mean, uh, I just like I don't want to play Liz into Davis the trope. Is she's she is the most dramatic drama teacher I have ever come across. The way she talks about her drama class is just like what temerity! She's like my temple of the arts, and <laughs> like my sister has accused me of being of channeling my inner Miss Darvis more than once, and I don't feel sorry about it. As I've said before, Sacred. show business waits for no one. The theater waits for no one. And then it now waits for Troy and Gabriella every single time. I feel like, um... You know what like, waits for nobody? The basketball clock. Yeah. Right? I feel like Edie and Becca f- from Sincerely Us would be so mad with Troy and Gabriella treating theater the way they do, where they're always late. <laughs> I don't think they would, honestly. Like, I get with I get... The argument that Troy and Gabriella should prioritize the theater or whatever, but that's like, it's high school. That's a dumb expectation to make of people, especially when you're thinking about like the drama club versus, you know, varsity sports. And, and Do you mean the drama club ooh. exclamation point? Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, so that was a moment I didn't want to highlight that real quick. That was one of the moments where I was like, this movie is the room for kids who have never seen the room. And the exclamation point is their spoons. And I love this moment and I will be part of the meme now I'm in exclamation point you, you can just watch the room though like it's accessible to everybody <laughs> no just <laughs> don't don't watch the room it's you're okay watch high school musical it's pretty good <laughs> it's better than the room I wait like the room like the Brie Larson film no no, no, no not room no, do That's watch room. that yeah do watch that so one I was gonna say I see that but no. I do not remember anything about an exclamation point in there no 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 no, no, no. So, so so the so 
Tommy Wiseau is this enigmatic person, right? Okay. We'll just leave it. He's, he's an actor. Supposedly, his name's Tommy Wiseau. Supposedly, he's like 60 years old now. Who knows? Like, he literally, like, showed up out of nowhere. He might be an alien. Uh, <laughs> and he makes this movie called The Room with this, like, washed, not even washed up actor. This, like, nobody actor. And it has, like, gone down in history as, like, the worst film ever made that oh, costs, okay. like, $100 million or something to that effect. Yeah. And, and like, they, nobody oh, knows yeah. where he gets the money. There's a really good James Franco movie about the making of Called the, the Disaster Room. Artist. Oh, okay. I've I've at least seen the trailer for that, but I had never yeah. seen. So that movie, the room that movie is fantastic. The Disaster Artist is fantastic, but the Room has like this cult following, where it's kind of like Rocky Horror, where like people will get yeah. together and watch this movie. Only the difference is like Rocky Horror is like a good movie, and this is like <laughs> the worst. And then there's like anytime something happens on screen, like there's a spot where he like walks into a room and there are like framed pictures of spoons. Oh, it's so throughout the, the whole movie that like yeah. all of the okay. art on the walls is just pictures of spoons. Okay. And so anytime it happens, people like throw spoons at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's my, that. So the exclamation point for me was like, this is this is a thing that kids can get excited about. And, yeah. and I jived with it. I was all about it. My 83. I want to be clear about the 83 I gave to this movie. It's not like 17 points behind Parasite. I don't think that's a fair comparison because Parasite is fantastic or like Shawshank Redemption or Endgame or whatever. Parasite is attempting to be like a supercar. All all High School Musical has to do is be a functional golf cart. And I'm in. (laughs) No, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not the one that has golf in it. I know it has it has Ryan though wearing like wearing the best golf outfit. I was waiting the entire movie for the I golf course love scene. Ryan's wardrobe. Oh, <laughs> Ryan! Ryan and Sharpay are the worst. No, Sharpay's the worst. Ryan's a victim. I'm Team Ryan. Eh, he's an enabler. And, I really and, like Sharpay. Oh. What is there no, more like, of her okay, arc? I don't know. I'll, I'll hear you like, out. Let's of, go. But like just in this movie, I was thinking like the sheer confidence that she has, like people don't like her, but they, they damn well respect her. And like, I I just, I thought it was really interesting when I was like watching it, making notes yesterday that, you know, the theater kids are not like some weird outcast group and everyone's like, oh, like Sharpay's such a dork or anything like that. They're just like. Oh yeah, the theater, the theater gang—they're their own, their own thing. Their own we respect that. We don't like, we don't mess with them. And like the, the just the confidence she has when she signs the um, audition sheet, and she like Sounds just covers huge. it all, and like autographs it. She and, like and she, you know, tries to flirt with Troy and stuff like that. And she's like, you, you, you value hard work and ambition just like me. So, like, therefore, we should get together because we have similar values. Uh, you know, and she she shoots her shot. She just goes for it a couple of times. Okay, I'm she's really with like that. confidence. <laughs> here's here's where I don't agree with Sharpay. Is she's she's a horrible person. Okay. She's a horrible cool. person. I, I just wanted to make sure that we're, she's a bully. Like, she's, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> she does. I like her in the same way as I like Cersei Lannister. Okay, Va- valid. Yeah. Okay, that's that one's lost just, on Tyler. He has not interacted yeah. with that series at all. Uh, he watched that one episode that one time for the show. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've seen the pilot a few times and every time I'm like, yeah, I just, 
these are all characters who are going to die. Why should I care? And why I'm is all of them? Yeah. Why is why is that guy doing that to his sister? That seems inappropriate. No, that's Cersei Lannister. She's the sister. Ah. Jamie Lannister. I know that when we got to the end of the series and they showed Jamie Lannister on screen, I was like, that guy looks way less like Prince Charming now. <laughs> he, he's really been tattered. It looks like. Yeah, he had a he had a rough go of it for sure. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, you talk about a redemption uh, arc, jeez. I, so he, I don't have that big of a problem with Chad the way Tyler does. Honestly, uh, Chad's the worst. <laughs> They're fifteen, man. Like, like he's. I don't. I don't think that Troy. The, the fact that Troy and Gabrielle still end up together in the end is a it, it, like that's a good enough reason to forgive Chad, right? Because like. They're 15 or 16 or whatever. They're going to be kids, man. They're just going to do that stuff. They're not going to understand each other. But then they do. They come around and they go all in on it and they help Troy, uh, uh, you know, beat out his dad or whatever, like, like get away with it. And they, they disrupt the basketball game together. I don't know. I don't have a problem with Chad. So my issue with Chad definitely came prior to seeing the end of the film. So I was already upset with him. And I was like, Troy might forgive you because you've been friends your whole lives, but not me. I just met you. <laughs> you jerk. If you do this to my son, how dare if, you? If it was one of those things where like Gabriella never speaks to Troy again, then we have a problem, right? But she was willing to hear reason. Yeah. Like, okay, these people put us in a really weird situation. Troy was like, I'm sorry. Legitimately sorry for the things I said. Uh, I do think that's a good, I, th- I, I don't, I don't dislike Chad. Uh what about the academic decathlon girl who I cannot remember the name of? Taylor. Taylor. I, when she was pitching Gabriella on like join the academic decathlon team, I was like, I was all in. And apparently that was happening at like the same time that Chad was like ripping into Troy and it was supposed to be like they were experiencing the same scene. I was watching it and I was like, yeah. Gabriella, you should do academic decathlon. <laughs> Troy, you should do drama. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's so that's the whole conceit of this movie. And that's the whole problem that bothers me is like. God's love is big enough for both, right? This is high school. You're supposed to just do whatever you, you're supposed to get to do whatever you want. Like you can be on the basketball team and also be in the play. Seeing as the final game happens the same day as the callback auditions. It's not even a time conflict. (laughs) Just tell the drama teacher. Troy's dad sucks. Like, yes, he's the problem. (laughs) See, I, I'm not like, like he puts way too much pressure on Troy, when he, especially when he's like the whole school is like depending on you. I'm like, dude, calm down. He's like 16. That's way too much pressure to put on this kid. But I do like the little moment, like Troy, Troy never has to confront him and have that classic, dad, this is not my dream this was your dream see like i was waiting for that to happen seems to like basketball yeah and it's one of those like cliches that you're just expecting to see but troy never has to have that confrontation with his dad in this movie about i want to do drama not basketball or anything like that and you don't understand me it's just he says look i've been putting too much pressure on you just go out there and have fun do your best i'm gonna be proud of you anyway here's my issue i kind of like that for him real quick here's my issue with that scene go ahead uh I legitimately thought that the uh, the whole like, no, dad, I'm giving up on your dream was a quote from this movie. I yeah, legitimately I thought it was a, a legitimate was in this. the script quote from this movie. Oh, no, you want to watch Eddie's million dollar cook off. OK, that is next. On the, that is, that is the, the third to next decom on my list. 
which means uh, I will never get to it because I have to watch <laughs> movies all the time for this show and apparently read. I'm four books behind in our book challenge. So that's great. Yeah, um, I'm like 20 books behind. Uh, so my issue with that scene with Troy's dad is to me, it doesn't resolve the situation or absolve the years of abuse from his father and and the stress and pressure like I, if i'm troy sitting in that room at that time and his dad comes in and is like hey just go out there and have fun i would be like screw you go out there and have f- are you kidding me no i've been training for years we have to win this game are you gonna phone it in i'm only one guy i need you calling the right place dad I'm not going to have fun if we don't win, Dad. I'm very <laughs> upset if we lose. Dad, don't just take me to Applebee's and pretend it's all cool, Dad. <laughs> I've got to win this game. I have to win this game. There's scholarships on this, Dad. I might get a scholarship. Chad might get a scholarship. This is important. You said there were going to be scouts here. We have to win. Let's amp up the pressure a little bit. I'm not I'm not with Troy just accepting the, the apology from his father. Cause he doesn't apologize. He's just like, just go out there and have fun kiddo. Shut up. Shut up. Troy Bolton's dad. <laughs> I hate you. I mean, it's a valid point, but at the same time, like they did not have the time in, in this movie to deal with that kind of like second act conflict for, for Troy's relationship with his dad. <laughs> but they set it up so hard that that's going to be the Dude. conflict. That, but, I mean, there's two more movies to go. Yeah, that's true. But I, I very much thought it was going to be like what it was going to come down to was not a scheduling conflict. But what it was going to come down to is Troy being like, no, I want to audition for the musical. And his dad being like, not a chance, kid. I don't care if you quit the basketball team. You're still not doing drama. Not my son. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Chad's role in this. No son of mine will do drama. Uh, <laughs> I will say the one the one thing that truly impressed me. Uh, and it's one of those things where, like, you have to know the answer to get the question wrong, to get all the questions wrong on a test. Like You have to know all the answers. But Zach Efron standing there in the scene where he's like super mad and leaves practice and goes home and shoots on one of his two at home basketball courts. <laughs> and my man misses like barely misses about eight straight 15 foot jumpers in a row, which is just as much of an incredible feat to me as, as, as like hitting the as exact same him. spot every time. Right. And I'm just like, Zach Efron. This is one of my favorite things just play about basketball? Troy's that... <laughs> Like, it's just, it's a common theme with him when he doesn't know what to do or like how to deal with his feelings or he's just like really conflicted about something or upset. He just goes and shoots some hoops. And I just really like that about him. <laughs> we, we should all do that. I think, I mean, I want a basketball hoop now because like there's so much to learn. It's a, it's a great activity. Yeah. I mean, Tyler, you live in a cul-de-sac. It's your job to have a basketball hoop. I know my neighbor had one and then they moved. I was so mad. Right. So now you got to put one up. <laughs> Yeah, this responsibility is full on you. The whole neighborhood, the scholarships that could be right. You cannot be the basketball hoop dad because I I know that you have not shot a basketball (laughs) long enough that you will be able to go make a shot. Oh my god! Here's here's the problem with the basketball hoop dad being me is the bottom of my driveway. The way my cul-de-sac is set up is like my house shouldn't even be here. There's like enough space. Like my house is the correct amount of space between my two neighbors. So we're just all a little too close. And then because they all meet in the cul-de-sac, our driveways are too close. So if I had a basketball hoop, they couldn't deliver mail. So I can't get a basketball hoop. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. But I could put one in front of my neighbor's house. They probably would be super mad. (laughs) Why is this movie a musical? I I don't like this as a musical is the problem. I think with me is because it like... It misses on the point of being a movie musical because 
most of the actual and and I have this problem with a lot of these Disney musicals is that they have like four songs in them and call themselves musicals. Um, and it still remains true to this day, even up to like Frozen, where the last 45 minutes of the movie has no songs. Um, should have been a rock opera. Should have been a, at least, everything should be sung. At least a company number at the end. That's, this one had that. Yeah. It goes on forever. It goes on forever. And it, it has nothing to do with anything. Um, but like, I was expecting. I wasn't expecting sung through like like Les Mis, but I was expecting a bunch of songs, right? Like I was expecting like like dialogue songs where things actually happen and we and we use them. These are the kind of musicals I don't like is musicals that do not use the songs to progress the plot. Oh, I actually thought this did that fairly well, believe it or not. Like the music, the, the songs are so vague and big picture but they are progressing the plot forward like the first song is really the only one that does that for me i see what you're saying where they're that's the only one with like proper nouns where they like address people well yeah where anything if if you have to be holding a microphone the whole time (laughs) then it's not a musical like if 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 the character needs to have a microphone or needs to be like on stage to to uh to wrap the music into your story that's that's just a movie like he's just auditioning yes. for a musical so, so this is where i've given it like a seven out of ten seven, a 72 because it it's almost like it can't decide between is this a show about a high school musical which is kind of what high school musical the musical the series does um or is it a musical like you said with the songs that progress the plot and it's kind of both and doesn't ever decide which one is which so, like, this is where you get, like, you know, Troy, you can't sing, but we've all just done a big company number right. about the fact you can't sing <laughs> yeah. while singing to you. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong on the topic of Troy can't sing. Is that not Zac Efron's voice? Not in this that one. That is not Zac yeah. Efron's voice, but they wrote, apparently, the um, the music in High School Musical 2 and 3, like, for Zac Efron. Because well, he sing. can sing, he's like a yeah. really good singer. Yeah. Well, he. I'm like. He had to he, miss the he tour. Got done dirty in this one because he was busy filming Hairspray, singing, singing as Lake Larkin. Yeah. This is my yeah, favorite Zac Efron racist. movie musical so far. <laughs> well, and he doesn't even sing in it. Yeah, correct. I'm not a big Hairspray fan, and I'm also not a big The Greatest Showman fan. Uh, Fair enough. But. Um, but you still got two more Zac Efron musicals to watch yet. <laughs> that's true. And we'll see what he sounds like when he actually sings. Uh, as a, he is a I was ch- listening to some of the songs earlier and they're just, they're just so good. It is so weird to me <laughs> that he is this young. Like I get that he was this young at one point and was acting, but it's like, I only know adult Zac Efron from, <laughs> from like, oh, see, that's like adult, not so adult cool. movies. That's the wrong word, but like <laughs> movies like neighbors, like greatest showman and Baywatch and yes, Hayfrey. Yeah, it, it, it does strike me because I remember watching Greatest Showman and, and Hairspray and, and Neighbors and stuff like that and thinking yeah. like, man, he really keeps that baby face. You know, he stayed young. He doesn't look that old. And then I watched this and I was like, that is Dylan and Cole Sprouse in a trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> that is a child. Yeah, he is a, a floppy haired child. The sweet Which is life way of Zach than and casting Efron. like forty-year-old guy to play Troy Bolton or something. Because this is this is like my only big complaint about teen movies and teen shows is that it really messed up my ability to tell anyone's age between like eighteen and thirty-five in real life. Because <laughs> I have I have no concept of what like a twenty-three-year-old is supposed to look like versus a you know thirty-three-year-old. Y'all watch the Outer Banks show that was on Netflix last year around this time. 
because those I'm kids are supposed to be one. 16 years old in high school and those are grown adults that are older than me. <laughs> so that, that's actually something I liked about, about your movie was that like Joey King looks like a high schooler. Yeah. They're all like high school age. So like, um, Jacob was 19 when we filmed and he's supposed to be like 18 in the movie. And Joel Courtney is older than Jacob. The first right? one. Um, I think Joel, in real life. Yeah. Joel's like a year younger than me, I think. So he's, he must have been, what, 22, 21 when we filmed? Part of the problem... I will say this. 19-year-olds don't look like Jacob Elordi. That dude's hot. That's no. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> is, part of the problem is that, like, Zac Efron at 16 or whatever is better looking than I have ever been or will ever be. <laughs> right? Like, that's the problem with actors is that, like, they just look... They're better looking than us. They're just better than me in every way. <laughs> like, they're just so beautiful. There's there's yes. there's the charisma factor. There's, you know, the whole good writing factor. And it's just like, so it's so hard to see yourself in some of these teen movies. Sometimes you're like, these people don't look like me, nor do they really look like anybody I went to high school with. But also it's because they're actors. There's not that many of them, right? Like the, it, it would be the same. Like if you went to high school with LeBron James, You'd be like, that kid doesn't that, look like the rest of that us. That <laughs> 17 year old is six foot eight and 247 pounds of, of raw muscle. He could rip me in half. And all he does is dribble a <laughs> basketball when he's mad. He's a full foot taller than me. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I, I will say, I do think that's something that these uh, Disney Channel original movies have always succeeded at is just using actual children to play yeah. children. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm led to believe that especially in the nineties and the early two thousands, that there was just uh, horrible, horrible contracts that made nobody any money and everything was terrible. And these kids are like, Oh, I was in the Disney channel original movie and it ruined my life. Uh, unless you're Zac Efron, in which case you've been handed the keys to the kingdom. Congratulations, my dude. Uh, good job on that jawline. It's not just on <laughs> Disney, though. Like, the dude from Ned's Declassified just turned 30, and he lives with one of the other guys from the show. And like, Yeah, the guy who, like, the character who used to bully him. Yeah. And, like, he he's not, he's not making it. I mean, yeah. Although, man. Yeah. If Nickelodeon was to, like, do a Nick at Night, Ned's Declassified Guide to Your IRS... Oh man, <laughs> that would be crazy. I, I would. I I would <laughs> Devin Warcraft would teach you how to do taxes. <laughs> oh, like he knows. Um, yeah, that is not to say that I don't like the songs that I like. I don't like Ryan and Sharpay's songs. I think that's the point, though. Okay. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I thought Ryan and Sharpay's songs were really good. I thought the point was that like. There's this really interesting thing you have to do is you have to like get somebody to go up there and perform. Hey, Ryan and Sharpay. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> you have to get somebody to go up there and perform. And then you have to get somebody to go up there and perform better. And I think that's like an interesting feat in, in like high school musical level storytelling to like, we're going to make a pretty good song and then a really good song. See, I prefer um, the rearrangement they do for their audition. No. Like, no offense to Kelsey, 
But I, I would do. die for Kelsey. Facts. Oh, Facts. Yeah. She's the only one I care about. Is she yeah. the other that one? That is one of my favorite things with Troy as well. But like, yeah, uh, Ryan and Sharpay songs, Bop to the Top, is a phenomenal tune. It is a bop. Um, it's just so catchy and it's so much fun. And then their rearrangement is just like the, this is where I think they, like it was an injustice that Troy and Gabriella got the parts because Sharpay and Ryan put so much effort in, like the costumes, the choreography, they have done the work and Troy and Gabriella just kind of show up. Can say. Even though they're good. <laughs> this movie does make the wild claim, especially in Troy's part, that just raw talent will get you everywhere in life, no matter what. Like he I doesn't, I mean, he works at basketball, obviously, but he's a talented basketball player. And he also is just like, and I can sing great too. Never and worked at it in my life. In this school. Never been tried until two weeks ago. Best singer in this school. Turns out talented people are talented. What, Who knew? This is one of the things I love so much about Troy's character though, is that even like in this movie, he's so like unsure of himself and so vulnerable. And like, it, it's not like really part of his storyline so much, but you can really see it in the way that like Zac Efron acts it out. Like when he sat with Gabriella up on the rooftop and he's kind of like sort of hunched forward and stuff and he's just kind of like fidgeting with his hands and stuff. And he, he doesn't think that anyone else in that school sees him as anyone other than the playmaker, the basketball guy. Whereas like, you know, with Kelsey, when she drops her stuff all over the stage, he's immediately like there helping her and like, oh, hey, so you wrote this whole thing. That's really cool. Like, t like trying to have a conversation with her about this thing that she's interested in. And as soon as um, Chad says, Zeke is baking, he's like, oh, cool. What's, what's creme brulee? Tell me about that. I know. And he's and just like so nice to everybody, but he doesn't think that anyone likes him because of who he is. So not only, oh, I just, I think let's, so nice. let's get this straight. Not only is Troy the best looking guy in the school, he's also the best basketball player. He's also the best singer. He's also just the nicest guy in the school. Like imagine being a kid who has like problems speaking with people or isn't good at basketball or isn't a prodigy at singing. Like what if Troy wanted to go out for drama? This is where I think the story gets better. Troy wants to go out for the play. Really has to work at it. This is my version of high school music. Okay. <laughs> Troy goes out and he's like, he does his audition and he botches it. So then he has to go back to the drama teacher who sucks and be like, listen, I know I'm the basketball guy. I know I'm the playmaker, but like this past summer I saw Hamilton. I loved it. And I really, <laughs> I want to do drama and I want to learn. Right. And now like he has to like really work at it because, because when it's just talent, it just doesn't do it for me. It just, it's just not there, you know, like, and maybe we can still have, you know, he sings this song, but he forgets what song it was. So he like, he doesn't remember that song that he can sing or something like that. I don't know. What I will say for Troy's singing ability is, and also he's, he's really funny and no one ever like comments on that. Like he yes. says, Gabriella says something to him about how he can sing. And he's like, yeah, my shower head is really impressed with me. Yeah. Which, like, I never saw as a joke when I was a kid, but now, like, it makes, it just makes me howl with laughter. <laughs> that is he, funny. Like, I missed that one. This guy is a born performer. Like, when he, go, when he's doing the karaoke with, um, Gabriella and he's like holding the microphone stand and like leaning it down and he's like just really getting into it and having fun with it. And then when he's rehearsing with Kelsey, cause he is putting in the work and doing the practice, like, he's got this, I don't know, is it like a drumstick or something? And he's using it like a microphone. He's just like sweeping around the room, like really going for it. 
And I just think like you, this, you could tell this is something that you just really, really enjoy doing. You just really went for it. And I know, I know what you mean. Like it would be better if he had to like, if you saw him work for it a bit more, but right. he's just ha- like, he's so enthusiastic and I feel like that counts for a lot. <laughs> I agree. I, I want to talk about a lot of people say that this is just an adaptation of Greece where like he meets the girl at summer camp in Greece, the, the New Year's party, and then they go back to school. And this is like a little less rapey, but it's the same thing. I disagree. I've, I've never seen Greece. You've never seen Greece? No. <laughs> go, Greece like, okay. <laughs> I know. Everybody, like, every time I say Greece this to somebody, they're go, just like, Greece What? Lighting. Yeah, I just don't want to. That doesn't compute with me. I so best. Never seen Greece. We'll talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that's how they meet, but like that's not the Romeo and Juliet forbidden romance story of this movie. I feel like the challenge of Troy and Gabriella being together is present but minimal compared to yeah, like no one's yeah, no one's there. Like, oh, you can't date Gabriella. You can't date Troy. Right. Well, like I guess Taylor they have and, that Taylor scene. and Chad are a little bit, but they're yeah. more, mostly the, like yeah. the dad. You tries can't do it. the drama thing, and this is how we're going to ruin it: is through your relationship right. with this person. The dad tries to get on Gabriella, and he's just like, "Look, you've never missed practice in three years. This girl shows up, and now you miss practice." Which honestly, I don't want to agree with Mr. Bolton, but like, he's not wrong there. He's, he, yeah, like, he's, make, he's making a valid point. Like, I, I, it, your, your, your execution might be poor, but I understand where you're coming from. Of like, you're all of a sudden your son's seeing this 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 person and uh, this floozy. This and 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 <laughs> is is she's a nice girl. She's a nerd. She even looks like a nerd. That girl's she's not the prettiest girl genius. to ever walk into East High. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there's just none of that. Like, it, there is no issue with them. I mean, yeah, Chad and Taylor, I guess, team up for a little bit. What I missed, honestly, and, and this may have just been me not watching close enough, is like, when did it switch for Chad and Taylor? Because it felt like all of a sudden they were just like, oh, wait, th- what was. we did was wrong. I felt like there was a scene missing. <sighs> See, now I'm going to have to, like, scroll through my notes and figure this out. That was Give my experience as well, because I feel like there should have been like a date scene between Chad and Taylor where they're like, it's what we did wrong. And then they'd be like, oh, my God, what we did is terrible. Right. It seemed like they came to that conclusion separately, but also together, but also separately. Oh. No. Yes. OK, so there's like a really small scene in the cafeteria um, where Gabriella doesn't sit with her gang to have lunch and Troy takes himself off to go and eat lunch alone on the roof. Instead of sitting with his friends, oh, okay. and like, there's like, I, I think there's like a little beat there where, I don't know if Chad and Taylor interact at all, but they both have their own interactions with like Troy and Gabriella, where they're like, like, right. hey, come sit with us, and they go, mm, no, and then they sit down really sadly with their lunch. At that point, they go, oh yeah, like we messed up. Mm. We done we good. We, we made our friends sad trying to get what we wanted. Yeah. Okay, here's... I know that I've been hard on Troy's dad and on Chad. We should be hard on Taylor. We should I, We should be hard on Taylor. Also, this is, a, this is a failure to communicate more than anything else because it's just a scheduling conflict, right? That's, that's all there is. This is like Evan Hansen not telling them, actually, Connor didn't write that letter, I did. Uh, where like, if Troy just sits down with his dad, I'm not going to put the weight on Troy because there's a lot of pressure on him. But if Troy just sits down with his dad or sits down with his friends and is like, hey guys, 
I'm in the basketball game. I'm like excited to win that. I do want the scholarships. I'm all about it. But I also want to do drama. Where I think Troy loses some steam is Troy, you are the team captain captain. You did make a commitment to this, and you do need to be there. You can't just skip practice. You can't, you can't just skip practice, right? <laughs> like you can't skip games. Like if no. you're gonna do both, you have to be present you have to do for both. Yeah. To be fair, this basketball team does seem to practice many times a day. <laughs> yeah, like Sometimes during, in their full yeah, like game uniforms. Day practice. <laughs> I have so I have questions about the timeline here. And this I don't know if this is just me not understanding American high school culture. In my head, it took me until literally today to realize, oh yeah, this is taking place in January. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in my head, it's always a back to school thing. Mm-mm. It is the winter musical, um, which I can only imagine has to take place within the next six weeks to be the winter one instead of the spring musical. Um, the big game and stuff is two weeks from the start of term. That, that part is accurate. Yes, yeah. absolutely true. That is accurate. Yes, that part is accurate. Now, the, okay. the musical varies from school to school. I would say most schools do a fall show and a spring show. Uh, we did just one show in the spring, and auditions would have been after basketball season was over. It would have been like a spring sport. Yeah. It, it, okay, so there's so the timeline isn't an issue in this the one, then. The timeline is not an issue. It probably would have been called the spring musicale just because it takes place in the spring half of the year. The spring semester. Yeah, we don't we don't have a winter term. We have fall. Yeah, basketball starts like November and goes to like February. Okay. So it it, this is making much more sense. It goes over the break, and there's always that weird thing of like, oh hey, we're gonna come back for a game during winter break, and anybody who's around like show up and stuff. They do this in college too, and they just play to like empty stadiums and empty arenas because all the kid all the students are gone. See, like, I don't uh, think if we ever had, like, a school rugby match, I think they played to, like, an empty field bar whatever parents decided to wait for their kids to finish the game. So in the big two, football and basketball, students would always attend. the. I mean, not always attend the games, but there would always be students at the game. So Tyler and I were in marching band, so we were at every football game. But period, period in high school. But I probably went to, like... I don't know, 30 basketball games when I was in high school. Yeah. And we would go to like, if our school went to like the state championship, we would bring a band and we would go. um, And we would like bust students out there. It was fun. Yeah. We, we, our school actually did. So the movies didn't lie about that much. Okay. No, no. (laughs) Uh, High high school sports are a big deal uh, for most schools. Um, Yeah. At least most schools have a certain size. Like you definitely have around here, especially where we live, you have schools that have like, a hundred people or whatever and they just can't you know it doesn't it's not going to look like it does in the movies because you have a hundred people at the school like most of them if you have a football team most of them are on the football team um and but yeah we we would go to i would go to basketball games all the time it was a lot of fun uh okay and we would get loud and well, yell and stomp on the floor and uh <laughs> make horrible comments at the other team and and it was it was a good time it does sound fun <laughs> Okay, I retract my comment about the uh, timeline confusing. Yeah, me basketball in is that weird. Um, <laughs> it is a it, neither a fall nor a winter sport. Usually, like football happens in the fall, uh, soccer happens in the fall, baseball happens in the spring, basketball happens both. 
So we basically just did rugby or football and then cricket. It, we did not have a cricket team. I'll tell that you that much. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we had or- we had a bunch of sports. There's like legislation uh, about how many sports you have to have if you have sports. Title nine. Yeah, so that so that we get the correct amount of, of men's and women's sports and everybody gets their chance to play and, and um you can't have X if you don't have Y. Like if you have football, you have to have softball, um all kinds of things. You have to field a men's well, basketball team I and a women's basketball team. Today. Um sorry, if you have to have if you have football, you have to have volleyball, and if you have baseball, you have to have softball. Um and that's I'm true across across uh Across sports, I mean across like schools, like in college and stuff too. Yeah, it's the the other thing that I just remembered I want to say is, I would love to see Twinkle Town the musical, because I have no idea what the heck this musical that they're supposed to put on is about. There's a camel. There's like what I guess is a talking tree. Um, Arnold and Minnie. Now I. The, the songs that they, the they songs got don't is, make any sense. Our, yeah. <laughs> our high school did not have a good drama department, but I can tell you this Brutal. just from talking to, I don't know, literally everybody I've ever met, uh, a, a musical composed by a student in the school would have been an extraordinary thing. Wouldn't have happened. that just doesn't. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. You just do Sondheim, yeah. right? Like you just, you do the wizard of Oz or into the woods. Like you just, Right. You don't yeah. you don't go, hey, we've got a talented piano player. Story. <laughs> Would you like to write a musical to then for us to perform? <laughs> and we're gonna call it a musicale. <laughs> what you looking for, T? You seem like you're uh I'm I'm looking for a photo of our student section when we were in high school from a football game. To give uh to give Beth here an idea. I'm going to try and find a picture from my school and send it to you guys as well, because it's... So did you have a cool uniform that you got to wear? I wouldn't say cool. It was like one of those polyester jumpers, like sweater. We were... So we were navy and blue with like a... And the tie was blue, yellow, and red stripes on navy. Okay. And then when you got to sixth form, it was black and white. So white shirts, black jumpers, cardies, trousers, whatever. Um, and you could basically wear whatever you want, as long as it wasn't jeans or leggings and no trainers. And Wait, you, you could wear whatever you wear... want, as long as it wasn't jeans or leggings? Jeans and leggings is what I want. Oh, yeah. No, like, you have to wear, like, proper, like, trousers, like, formal trousers, like you would wear to an office kind of trousers. Okay. And, um, and the boys have to wear shorts until they turn 13 or whatever. Like that's the, that's the summer uniform in primary school. It's like until you're sort of 10, 11 and you move up to big school. Okay. You have so the boys wear shorts in summer. Um, but again, it's like sort of formal shorts, not like a pair of denim or khaki shorts or anything. And the girls have like checkered summer dresses. Mm. Which you don't have to wear. Like you can wear your regular school uniform of like trousers. Gotcha. Okay. You're, you're, you're debunking some of the myths that I hold in my mind about uh, about schooling in the UK. But like everybody has to wear a uniform. I can't. Like everybody. Yes. Okay. It's and not then a sometimes thing. you have 
I think in England they're called Mufti Days. Okay. Um, like non-uniform, where you could just wear basically gotcha. whatever you want. Yeah, so like most schools in America don't have a uniform, especially most public schools. There was a big push when we were in school to try to get like legislation pushed through to, you know, uh, there's there were big pushes all over the place to, to do uniforms. It was a big hot topic when we were coming up in elementary school of like all schools should have uniforms X, Y, Z. And there are very good reasons for that uh, that I'm not going to get into. But I will tell you what would not be allowed at any school in America is Ryan's hats. You can't wear, <laughs> cannot wear, you can't hat. wear hats. But in they're so iconic. Right, but you can't wear hats in school. So just set you a picture of what my school looks like, just like for comparison. Tyler, you got uh, you got another minute to find this thing, but I'm I know I know I I'm here. You, yeah, Ryan can't wear hats straight up. You can't wear a hat <laughs> to school ever. Uh, you can't chew gum. That was a big thing. Although, like, who knows what the rules are now? Like they they have their cell phones in school. They have all sorts of stuff. Oh, the cell phone thing is a hundred percent true to life, accurate of how that was treated in two thousand six. I lost my phone in school a bunch of times. You have to go like pick it up for the principal at the end of the day. Yeah, it'd end up in like a teacher's desk, yeah. and you have to go and collect it. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true like Ryan, to life. Ryan, sh- Ryan sh- must have like some kind of permission slip that allows him to wear those hats to school like everyone gives him a pass on it because they look so good and they just tie the whole outfit together look <laughs> in 2006 at least at our high school uh boys who wore hats like that would not have been uh celebrated <laughs> i mean listen i would celebrate them today but i don't think that hey. ryan and sharpay were celebrated i don't think anybody liked them <laughs> except for that one kid who liked sharpay and she could, wouldn't give him the time of day all right, I cannot find yeah. this freaking picture. I can imagine he, he it. He was in the Swoco once upon a dream. That's our, our local <laughs> local newspaper publication for the county, part of the county <laughs> that we live in. Lived this in. Is, this is one of the things as well I don't get about Zeke, um, the baker. If my friend suddenly said to me, actually, I really like baking, I would be angry with them, but only because I'd be like, well, why haven't I been like showered in cookies and brownies and slices of cake all this time? scholarship basketball players. They don't have time for sweets. uh, Because in 2006, if you, uh, baking was a gay thing to do if you were a guy. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, And and Disney was a little overtly homophobic with this one. Just, just a bit. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. I mean, like, like. You didn't if you were if you were a straight guy in 2006 in high school, you didn't bake. That was not Definitely didn't that yeah. was not an interest it. that you could have shown, especially if you were on the the championship basketball team. Yeah, to be to be fair, I remember cooking classes at our school whenever it was baking and stuff like that. You know, it was always like I said physics was a boys subject, cooking classes were a girls subject. This is why you should watch Addie's million dollar cook-off. <laughs> Sounds like we should watch this million dollar cook off. See film. that? I, do, I didn't expect to mention it uh, even once, but <laughs> it's clearly on my mind today. <laughs> so that's wild to me. I guess um, I don't know. Like, like in all of my science classes, uh, were were absolutely dominated by women when I was in high school. A hundred percent. Like they did the and this, women and, and this remained true and, all through all of the classes I took in college as well. Like, like. Women are better students, hands down, yeah. than men. I I don't like. I was not 
present for the misogyny, I guess. Like, it would never have occurred to me to be like, oh, science is a boy's subject. Yeah, same. Uh, now that uh, not that's what I'm saying. I'm not to say it didn't happen. If that happened, I did not. I was not. Uh, well, if we like went into engineering at Virginia Tech, it would have been sure. very apparent. Yeah, uh, still would be. You know, like, I mean, I was I was the only girl in my physics class. There were there was another class that had two girls in, but I was the only one in mine because they were like quite small classes. There was maybe about 15, 20 in each class through A level, like the last two years of school when I did it. Yeah, that would have been Whereas the same. biology and chemistry, they were like much more balanced. Yeah, my AP physics class was probably 15 people and 10 of them were girls. I you can name it. everybody from your AP physics class? I bet you could. <gasps> no, I couldn't. Cameron Goody. You can Ca- see the key of Cameron was there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mikey Conley was in that one. I know that much because he, we were the only ones that decided not to take, that hadn't taken calculus, so we couldn't take the physics uh, B exam, the one that you have to do calculus for or C or whatever it is. And so we uh, dicked around and played Minecraft all day for three weeks nice. while they the other kids got a crash course in in calculus based physics. Minecraft, when we were in high school, was such a fascinating thing because it was so early in the like alpha stages. Oh, yeah. But in order to have Minecraft, you had to like know somebody who knew the developer who could like mail you the USB stick that it was on. Obviously, this isn't the case. It was a little bit more loosey goosey than that. But like. It was such early stages of Minecraft. I remember it coming out, and usually I feel like I get these trends right. I remember when Minecraft came out, I was like, this is stupid stuff. Never going to catch on. And (laughs) here we are. Yeah, I I bought it for like $5 when it was in the alpha stage and got like an email from the developer (laughs) being like, thanks for buying my weird little game. (laughs) Enjoy. Enjoy. And now it's Minecraft (laughs) and it's everywhere. Uh, there are professional Minecraft YouTubers that have millions of subscribers and make a bunch of money. Uh, and I here here I was a, an early top tier Minecraft player, just it, squandering my talent. <laughs> so we're so, sorry. We we were talking about High School Musical, yes. I believe. Before yes, we've made my, it so my job far talking all about High School Musical. <laughs> This is a record yeah, I do, on this I do truly think show. my chief complaint is the fact that there are not more songs. Like, I really expected them to get to the school and for Corbin Blue to have a song about, like, hey, guys, we're back at school. Instead, they just do a really okay. weird dance break where so they all get in their you, basketball uniforms in the middle of the day. I was about to say, what did you guys think of Get Your Head in the Game? Uh, so th- that is the the common thread is not that Troy does drama. It's that he is not thinking about drama, right? Like, I don't think they would care at all if he did it after the game. But yeah. the thought of like Troy being distracted by drama or this girl or anything other than basketball, just like, dad, do you know he has class too? <laughs> He has, like, other responsibilities. He's probably got some involvement in his local church or something, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what Troy does on the weekends. He plays but basketball. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does basketball. Uh, yeah, so, like, the, the fear is that Troy's head is not in the game. That he's, instead of running down the court, he's thinking about hitting his, his marks. His, his, he's got his boxes set or whatever. What, what is the theater terms? He's got a stage left. He's going to say, hey... Chad, stage left. Instead of <laughs> right, yeah, he's 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 thinking so about drama instead of thinking Jay. about basketball. So he's got to get his head in the game. And I, I like 
obviously it's a musical. You can do whatever you want. You can have like that's sort of the power of musicals that you can have random uh, dance breaks and and songs and stuff. But it just sort of doesn't line up with the, the plot at all. And I don't see a reason for that. Like they could have just been at practice and done it, but they weren't. They like stop the movie to do this and then have practice later that day because that's when Troy has detention and can't go to practice, which I also don't think is how that works at all. No, if you have detention, they do not take you out of sports. Yeah, yeah, not at all. (laughs) School lives and dies by the sports team. It gets funding from the state and funding from ticket sales. It needs the sports. I do quite like in this film, actually, the like the rivalry that you get to see between Darbus and Coach Bolton. Just because, I don't know, I just think it's really fun that they did that and you got to see some of the teachers as well. Right. Instead of literally just the cast of the teens. That's my whole problem with the plot, though, is the rivalry between uh, Ms. Darvis and, and Mr. <laughs> Coach Bolton. Is that Coach Bolton <laughs> can't just be, be like, hey, uh, so my kid Troy wants to be in your musical, but we have a game and you scheduled the pointless callback audition that could be literally any time at the same time as two school sanctioned competitive events is there any shot that we can do the audition at like i don't know seven o'clock since this game's at 3 30 p.m but i guess also, Troy- the first audition was during study hall which yeah. like apparently everyone has the same study hall <laughs> oh yeah during free period that's not that's a thing. Not that's a thing. not real. Also, yeah, you okay. don't go. You wouldn't. The basketball team wouldn't all meet up to get in the gym during free period. No, there is okay. no free period. See, this is this. I mean, there's a lot of things that you just like as a British person. You just just you suspend your belief because you're not sure what they're exaggerating, or what's like done that's convenient for the movie, and what is like you know actual American high school culture. If you had a free period, it wouldn't be the same time as everyone else like you couldn't the basketball team couldn't meet during your study hall or free period there would only be like three of them at a time right. or something because yours might be during the second block of the day and then your teammates are the fourth block of the day yeah uh, that's kind so, of what yeah, like you, as well right yeah yeah like and most people didn't have a study hall because you have to take classes right you only get a study hall if you'd like fulfilled your diploma requirements. Right. If you if you just didn't have something to do. Yeah. So this was where like in sixth form when you're doing your A-levels, because it's only so I did four and I was the only person in my school to do four A-levels. Everyone else did three. And um, look at you. Overachiever I mean, I to was, the max. I was top of my year at GCSE as well. Oh, my God. you. I, w- I was the freaky math girl. <laughs> <laughs> And then you I was like, real no, Gabriella. I'm going to be Troy Bolton instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, um, every, so everyone, because they only had three classes, effectively, um, you, everyone had the same amount of free time. It was just at different times because of it, dep- it depended which classes you took. And then I had fewer free, free classes because I, you know, took an extra one. Although we did use them very wisely. I remember we took a road trip. Um, around a couple of different supermarkets looking for Pokemon cards one time. Yeah, everybody should go hunting for Pokemon yeah. cards. <laughs> Things that would have been this. absolutely wild in our school. Look, you can get <laughs> this nice new Eternatus from Shining Fates. It's black and gold. Or I really like to have this new style of rare, this Uveltal, where it just kind of breaks Ooh. the frame. Big That's fan. Me. I have somehow gotten myself on... Uh, 
like rare Pokemon card grading TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I've been there. It's because you know me. And they that's like, how that happens. They like get into fights. Oh yeah. Oh, that's and, like, great, like like individual grading of a card right. costs like three hundred dollars. Right. And all the comments are like, oh, you know, this guy is an idiot. I can't believe that like your card is so much better than his. I can't believe he would even try to show up with this card. Like he knows <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know what you're talking about. And the and the the, the creators in the contents like, yeah, screw that guy. His cards are garbage. And I'm like, <laughs> y'all are grown adults. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you? That yeah, is, and that the, is intense. It's a race to be like because the first person to grade a new card, and people they'll like lie about it. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of money in it. Like, like they treat it like the stock market. Right. Oh my God. Like my Yvelta or not Yvelta, my Eternatus here wouldn't do well because if you look at the back of the card, it's not centered well. I don't know if you can tell, but the the. Box. Yeah, dude. Even There's if it's brand new, wouldn't score a ninety. On this side, well, a nine. They're great at it. Oh, is it? Yeah, this wouldn't be good a nine. No, that could be like an eight or seven. Yeah. See, I know like the bare minimum about Pokemon and Pokemon cards, but like there's, there's some other kids at school who liked it, and I was just like, I'm just gonna go along for the ride. I'm just gonna sit and watch you all have fun with this. Oh man, I'm so I've pretty not sure ended high up on Pokemon me. TikTok yet. I'm still stuck Pokemon. on reenactments of. Greek mythology in D&D style TikTok. Okay. Oh, that's a good spot. To <laughs> I would live. love to be on that yeah. TikTok. That sounds like way better. It's very fun. <laughs> so, so me in high school would have definitely bullied somebody for skipping class to go buy Pokemon cards, despite <laughs> the fact that until I was 18, I played Yu-Gi-Oh at like a highly competitive level. Oh. Like We had like one kid in school who was into Yu-Gi-Oh. I knew that kid. He, we were friends. <laughs> you were that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was me. It was me and trench coat. Me and Dylan and Cole Sprouse. <laughs> Which is wild because we live in like the home of Magic the Gathering. We do. I actually oh, uh, just met a photographer who used to work at Star City Games. That is so and cool. Yeah. It's not actually where it's from, but we have like the biggest like Magic the Gathering store in the world here to this day. Yeah. And they host like it's just professional level tournaments and like Star City Games will go to other cities and put up conventions and tournaments for Magic the Gathering. Now, it being the that. biggest store is a little misleading. It is a store that has a lot of space. It is like I haven't been there in probably 10 years, so I have no idea if they've redecorated. But like, the actual storefront part of it is like a 10 by 10 square in the front of the building. It just happens to be in a giant warehouse where they can host tournaments. What's absolutely insane is that John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats apparently hops in his car, drives three hours, and shops and buys his magic cards at that store. I, I've I've wanted to get into the game for a while, now, like, and I, I'm I'm very close to to spending a thousand dollars on Jesus. This. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta. I, I yeah. Sometimes you just gotta buy a new hobby and, and drop a grand on it. Apparently. <laughs> And then, and then it's the ADHD in my brain will be like, I love this game. And then in like three weeks, I'll be like, I've never heard of it. I mean, yeah, it. I'm Who sitting like, I have, I have like a fully analog synthesizer on my desk right now. So what am I talking about? I have hobbies. You're talking to a $400 microphone. That's true. <laughs> but I make money off this. 
see, so I'm in the middle of like try, trying to buy a house at the minute and I keep telling myself like when I've got the house, I'm going to buy like a really like good, cool lightsaber or like when I've got the house, yes. I'm just, I'm going to buy a violin. I haven't played the, I played the violin when Hell I was in yeah. school for like three years and I wasn't good at it. But all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get myself a violin. Everyone should buy a cool lightsaber. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Is that your Disney one? <laughs> he can't hear me. Everyone. Oh my god. See, this is where, like, we had um, the Physics Society in university did a, a Star Wars theme night out, and all the other girls went as, like, Padme, Leia. Boo! I went as Darth Vader with a hand sewn yeah. cloak, and I made myself a mask and, like, the lightsaber hilt. Yes! <laughs> How does it feel to be cooler than all of your friends? It's literally the best thing ever, Ethan. Like, <laughs> it is better. It is awesome to be your cooler. Your life than is you. exactly everything I know about England and, and, and Wales and the whole United Kingdom <laughs> based on movies. Is it like you're the main character because you show up dressed as Darth Vader to the, the hen night where everybody's dressed yeah. as, as the, the sexy women characters? Like, you it's, are the main character in your own television like, show I asked, I've, I've made myself the main character and I haven't given my friends a choice in the matter <laughs> and they, but they, they love me anyway thankfully um, I'm like, so I, excited we're hanging out you're the coolest I person I know see that's what I think about you guys though I'm like oh my god they're just so cool <laughs> um, oh we're not cool yeah, we just we're make lame. podcasts I'm not even making like, this podcast so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are. this is Ethan's show that's this, true. I've been on more episodes than Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I feel like I have to like disclaim it. You know, like I really want to spend my money on a lightsaber. I really like. I'll show up to Star Wars night out as Darth Vader instead of you know any of the female characters. Not that there are that many, but you know because this was pre sequel trilogy, obviously. Um, because every like especially on TikTok, I've noticed people seem to think because I'm the author of the Kissing Booth, like I'm really cool and glamorous because I've Netflix film and I'm a writer. I'm like, this is not the reality. Like, I am just a big nerd who spent a lot of time alone on their laptop. But a lot That's of people it. who spend a lot of time alone on their laptop don't end up with a best-selling novel that this gets turned into a movie. Like, I've spent a lot of time alone on my laptop. And <laughs> and they have a podcast network. That's true. That's true. <laughs> not a good example. <laughs> That's true. But neither of us have Netflix movies made out of our books. Uh, or podcast. I mean, one day. <laughs> it would be very hard one to make day. a Netflix movie out of bacon and eggs. Uh, Netflix. Oh, no, it could be like a good buddy comedy. Here, Beth, here's your pitch next time you're in the <laughs> Netflix room. Dear Netflix CEO. I have never CEO, been in the Netflix room, but yeah. You should make bacon and eggs a movie lover's a movie. movie lover's movie. <laughs> and then just like give Ethan and I full autonomy <laughs> to write whatever we want. It'll end I up exactly like in the zero room. problem with this. <laughs> It will not. Don't give us any guidelines. Don't <laughs> teach us how to do anything. Just our first screenwriting adventure. Let us let us make the whole thing. And directed by Ron Howard. I I don't write the rules. That's oh, just how it works. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Because yeah. Ron Howard is so uh, cheap and available. <laughs> but we'll I'll take get, Bryce we'll, Dallas Howard. We'll obviously have to have like a musical part of it you know mm-hmm. yeah obviously so we'll have to get kenny ortega to do that and you can you can live your full high school musical dreams <laughs> i gotta watch two but more you've of just these movies discovered having fit, watched the movie for the first time 
Bacon and eggs, a high school musical. <laughs> the eggs of all oh, our God. dreams. <laughs> a village in Rono. So the, the problem with the Ratatouille is that most of those songs absolutely slap. And that one is the worst thing Except. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I get that that was the joke and whatever and like oh the, the you know the company number sucks and like it's just a joke and then everybody turned it into a real thing and made like actually good songs and, like just do it though like just get rid of the company number they did <laughs> the official musical doesn't have the company I, number. I don't I didn't I didn't watch the Ratatouille oh it was really good I he didn't have time for I, <laughs> it's on YouTube now is it is it I, I don't I have no idea I haven't seen it I did see there was there was a video that I've taken to be canon for the Ratatouille where um, Colette and Linguini have a conversation like, what can we call the rat? We can't keep calling him Little Chef. And then they make a joke like, well, your name is Linguini, so we should name him after a food. And, and Colette jokes, what about Ratatouille? And Remy sort of, you know, squeaks up and they're like, oh, you like that? OK, we'll call you Ratatouille. <laughs> That's so like, good. Do you know what? I buy it. This is this is canon now for me in the <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> no, I did not watch the Ratatouille. I was busy reading books. Have you seen Raya and the Last Dragon? I ask because I haven't. No. So no, I'm avoiding all content about it. Me too. I just I, I I don't want the spoilers. But my dad owns the Disney Plus account, so <laughs> I need to ask him if I'm allowed to. Uh, <laughs> well, you just know, I don't, do don't want to just like I just I don't want to just do it. And then he's like, "What is this weird charge on my bill?" And I've like forgotten to tell him about it or something. Just Venmo Wait, him like whatever the cost is. Yeah. Oh, or you can go to the theater. Oh, a hot chance yeah, in hell I'm watching <laughs> it. Then. We have any open cinemas here? We're still in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I wish uh, we were. Yeah, it'd be nice if we were. But uh, we just put one of our theaters no. out of business instead of reopening them. <laughs> it's great. Oh. Yeah, whole I still have tickets on my fridge from um, that I bought like this time last year that were for Phantom. Nice. And it, obviously, it got cancelled. It was supposed to be last April, but right, they remain on the fridge in the in, in the hope that one day I will return to the theater. <laughs> what What was the last movie you saw in the cinema? Onward. Onward. Same. Yeah. So my sister came to stay with me um, for a weekend and. My mum didn't want us to go because they'd started talking about coronavirus and stuff in the news, but it wasn't like they, no one was using the word pandemic at that point. But she was a bit worried about it. And we were like, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> what did we know? <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to watch Onward like not very long before lockdown started. Yeah. I saw it with a Brit. I mean, we saw it with Seamus. Yeah. yeah. A year ago today, I was hanging out with Seamus. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. And he was stuck in America. Yeah, a year ago today, we were I was hanging out with Seamus drinking green Corona and talking about oh how we're God. all going to hang out in two weeks after the <laughs> lockdown is over. That was one year ago. And Seamus got like what? called back to England the next week. <laughs> oh, the, it was such wishful thinking when we thought he's a blow over. Yeah. God. People will listen. They uh, didn't. I think. No, they didn't. We are we are at rap time though. We need to score. Oh. We've scored, but we need to do some. We need to oh, yeah, read I, some listener I, reviews. Yes, we do. You do that. I'm gonna get the listener scores real quick. All right. So we talked about High School Musical today. Oddly on topic. Very little deviation from topic. I do want to read some listener reviews here. Uh, Double W Teddy Trouble. On Discord, 65 out of 100. I watched this movie for the first time this summer with a friend. 
Her nostalgia and enthusiasm definitely rubbed off on me, and the movie did beat my expectations, albeit they were low. It's very fun, and the music is catchy. I see why this is one of the classics, and if I had seen it when I was younger, I could predict that my score would be much higher. See, this is... My only issue with Teddy's review here is I agree with every word you said, except just enjoy it. Just like it. Just just do like it. Buy into the nostalgia. Give it an 83. But you can't just buy into the nostalgia if you don't have the nostalgia. I think Teddy is probably maybe wasn't alive in 2006. <laughs> Yet. Like you can't have fond memories of something you don't have fond memories of. You can't go to the store and buy them. Uh, I do want to read one of these hundreds because I think the hundred scores are my favorites. Uh, And then I'll read a low one. This is from Go Tori on the Mountain. Hundred out of a hundred. This movie is just a good time. The songs are catchy. Kenny Ortega's choreography is iconic. And the plot gives every character a chance to learn something and grow. Except Troy's dad. At its core, this movie reminds you to be yourself. At that, And that's a reminder we all need sometimes. All that said, I think the value of this movie transcends the 98 minutes you spend watching it. High School Musical became much more than a made-for-TV children's movie musical, but an overwhelming phenomenon that defined a generation to set the, and set the new Disney Channel original movie standards so high that it is yet to be matched by anything outside of this perfect trilogy. Fifteen years later, and the world is still so obsessed that we got a spin-off TV show. Even if it's not your cup of tea, I think it's impossible to ignore the cultural significance of this movie. I agree with Tori. 100% to the 100 at 100. <laughs> I just don't know if I give it 100 for that. Uh, although I do so I was reading through a lot of the scores that people were leaving and Beth feel free to chime in I feel like I've, I'm talking a lot and I want you to go for it I say, feel like I'm talking a lot so uh, one thing I've seen as like a theme through a lot of these reviews is people will be like 60 out of 100 I loved it but I'm nostalgic so I'm gonna knock off 30 points it's like I think I think in my quest to educate people on the proper way to score films Maybe we lost the boat a little bit. If you freaking love this movie, then, like, score it as such. Yeah. That's how I feel. So, where I did my movie reviews on Instagram, there was a point where, like, around the time when I was re-watching Onward and stuff, all the movies that I was reviewing were, like, eight, uh, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. There were a lot of 10s. And my sister texted me and she was like, you need to stop giving every movie you watch a 10 out of 10. I was like, but when I'm watching it, I am completely invested i feel great after watching it like it is a 10 out of 10 experience for me right like and that's the only thing i'm scoring it on and i will say for high school musical i did think when i gave it my 72 would i give it 100 well no because it's not as good as the other ones so oh which i did Uh. give 10 out of 10s to (laughs) (laughs) i'm very curious so my my here's my bold prediction going into the second two Essentially, having never seen them. Yeah. My best guess is that I'm going to think two is terrible. And I this is no context. Just based on the fact that there was two made for TV and then one theatrical release, I think two is going to be really bad. Like, really not fantastic. And then I think three is going to be noticeably better than the first two. And so- I, yeah, I think one will always have this sort of... This was the first one. This is what kicked it off. It's got this kind of a new hope, sort of yeah. like they hadn't really fleshed out the story, but we love it. It's not perfectly congruous. Like, if I was going to go and watch a High School Musical movie, I would have no hesitation going back and watching High School Musical 2. 
Really? Yeah. I'm very curious then. Because, I mean, it could be that one was great and then two was even better. So that's how they got the funding to make the third one in the theater. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the uh, cinema. The weird, uh, the weird thing for me with the third one is the nostalgia value for that. Because my, so my sister went to watch it in the cinema. And at that point, I was like a little bit too old for High School Musical. So I mm-hmm. didn't get to go. <laughs> um <laughs> because like it was here and here friends from school whatever and um i so i hadn't seen it properly until i rewatched it last summer and then the nostalgia factor for that it was kind of like going to the cinema to watch force awakens and feeling nostalgic for the original star wars trilogy that i had not seen until like you know recently before force awakens right but yeah i'm excited for for the next two episodes that you guys do on high school musical to see what your thoughts are on those (laughs) I, yeah, I, I'm very excited. Uh, we have some really low scores for this one. I mean, like really low. Um, I've got one right here. 28 out of 100 from Liam. Good songs, very cliche, but that's the point. 28 out of 100. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, cliche to what? What's, what's wrong with a cliche? <laughs> yeah, these, these are popular. Lower than that, Wolf with the Yellow Gaze, 26 out of 100. I think if I didn't watch it like 12 years after it was made, I might have been able to connect with it more, but I just really couldn't get into it. I like the sequel more, though. Pretty fun music. 26. Kush. Uh, I can't tell if Ethan's reading something or if he's thinking really hard about these 26, 28 reviews. No, he's he's uh, taking all of the reviews people leave. Okay, we have a very done. manual system. Done. That was for, a lot uh, of scores. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So I yeah a lot of people scores have on, this on one. High School Musical yeah um, I like I don't think this movie is terrible because I, I didn't get to participate in that conversation because I was counting things um, I don't think this movie is terrible I don't think it like I don't have any nostalgia factor for it at all because I didn't watch it really at all until yesterday um, but like if I'm gonna go for a movie that like obviously isn't the best movie ever made, but people love to love like this doesn't do it for me the way that uh, like the George Clooney Batman does right. Like where it's, it's not perfect. It's definitely not even the best one in the series. Uh, it does not do it for me the way like Scooby-Doo Two monsters unleashed does. Um, I would just rather watch that sort of bad movie. Like this is not my favorite Disney channel original musical that we've covered in the past month. I guess Cinderella wasn't Disney Channel, but you know what I mean. Uh, oh, I liked this more than Cinderella. I did not. Not even close. The songs are better in Cinderella by far. I really love that Cinderella. I was so glad you guys covered it. <laughs> I love that movie. See, I think I'm not a Cinderella fan because I don't like the um, I don't really enjoy the original cartoon version very much. Me either. But the live action remake is my favorite film of all time. And I have really fond childhood memories of the Rodgers and Hammerstein one with Brandy and Whitney Houston and stuff. So I'm so excited you guys covered that. The Lily James one is your favorite movie ever. Yeah. Wild. We can make that happen. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't think I've ever heard anybody (laughs) say that. That, That's like... I wrote... That one got like a four-part review on my Instagram and that was like the condensed version. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can... I mean, I've never seen it, so I I would love to watch it. But like... The Beauty and the Beast that they redid, the 2016 one. You keep coming I back to that one. I don't understand you. absolutely love that movie. I think it's fantastic. I'm on the fence about that one. Like, no. Luke Evans is Gaston and, Luf- and LeFou. Like, absolutely phenomenal. Incredible. I prefer the plot holes and the storyline in The Beast. But there's something about it that just feels a little bit off when I watch it. And I... Hmm. 
I don't know if it's like the animation style and stuff like that. I love the but, animation style. I love the choreography for like uh, Be Our Guest, I think is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Live that. Live action movie, Aladdin or Bus. Sorry, I'm going to continue on this one. <laughs> so that was another one where there were things I thought, like I went to the cinema to see that on my own and I just like, I cried and I laughed and I tried not to sing along too loudly. I had a great time watching it. But as a remake, I was kind of like, again, on the fence, there were things I liked, there were some things I didn't like. Whereas the Cinderella remake, I'm like, yes, flawless. The, Cinder- the Cinderella remake <laughs> is truly, yeah, an improvement in every facet over the cartoon. Just because I don't think the cartoon is, is anywhere near the quality of the, the so, like 90s it, movies. It's just, I, I know it was like really good for the time and everything, but in terms of the storyline and... I don't, uh, really good for the time doesn't have to mean anything anymore. Like, we can yeah. just move past that. <laughs> like at this point, they've made enough movies that you're you're not hurting for them. So, recapping scores, I gave this movie an 83. Ethan gave it a 55. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 63. Uh, and then there was no Metacritic score. So rather than subbing your score for the Rotten Tomatoes audience, we're going to sub your score for Metacritic. You gave it a 72. Your score being Beth. Uh, listener score, we don't have just yet. Rotten Tomatoes audience was a 74. Ethan, are you ready with a listener score? I am. It's a 75. 74.55. 75. Okay. That gives High School Musical a 70 on the dot. Oh. (laughs) No decimals, nothing. Now, 70 is pretty low on the bacon and eggs board. It is not losing film, but it is not at the top either. What Uh, is it It falls in... It beats Happiest Season and The Santa Claus. I can live with I that. I feel like The Santa in. Claus got really hard done by. But <laughs> that's a discussion we for didn't December. Like it very much. <laughs> I, tr- I, I truly hated watching it. <laughs> it was a uh, miserable It's like a favorite in my family. And it does, so this is notable, it does lose to Willow. Which I still haven't seen. That was the week I wasn't here. I haven't seen either. <laughs> oh, you guys should watch Willow. You'll like it. And loses to The Great Gatsby. Yeah, that's fair. And a whole bunch of other movies. But that's my scores. <laughs> We're over on time a little bit, but we had a little phone call break in there. So, Ethan, you ready to wrap the thing? Yeah, let's do it. Um, what are we plugging? Oh, God. We did Late to the Party last week. Okay. I don't have this. No, open. we did not that do Late to the Party last week. That available for pre-order now. Oh, we obviously. We yeah, that. this, is, this is off mic. We did not do late to the party last week. We did whatever is after late to the party. Are you pulling it up or do you need me to pull it no, up? No, yeah, I thought you were pulling up. Okay. Oh. Perspective Z cool. is after late to the party. Cool. So we did them. Okay, then curly. Okay, cool. That has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs, the podcast that we're all doing right now. Uh, It's been a great time chatting about this wonderful Disney Channel original movie that people have been asking us to cover for since we started the thing. And we said we would never do. I would say it's the most requested film we've ever had. Yes, absolutely. We will be coming back next week with the sequel and the week after that with the... Uh, three cool. I have no idea when these episodes are coming out, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> Thursdays. Thursdays. Every <laughs> Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on Spotify. Uh, Bacon and Eggs is a production of the WBE Podcast Network. 
If you want more podcasts like this one, or uh, actually, yeah, yeah. If you want more podcasts pretty much like this one, but better in every way, you should go check out <laughs> Curly Critics. It's one of our newest shows to the network, and they do what we do where they review things, but they actually review things. They stay on topic. Kind of like we did this week, but they do it every week. They do it every week. So if you want, and they don't just review movies. Tyler said they reviewed like Kanye West outfits one time, which was weird, but I don't think they do that. They mostly stick to (laughs) pop culture, like movies and TV shows and books and Broadway theater and all that stuff. Uh, Speaking of books, this episode is also brought to you, maybe probably not brought to you, but. It brought to you by the strong word. (laughs) Beth has a new book. The Kissing Booth 3 is available for pre-order now. Uh, the novelization of the Netflix film, correct? Yes. Thank you, Tyler. Yes. And it is not out just yet, but it's available for pre-order. And if you order it using promo code BACON, it costs the exact same amount. Um, <laughs> and it will not provide a discount. It'll probably have an error at checkout. It but, absolutely will not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you get to know that, you know, your heart went into your pre-order. And... You really should pre-order. You should buy all of Beth's yeah. books. If you is it is it what what is your website? Um, this is a good question. I need to double check the link to make sure I say it right. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link to, to Beth's link tree. www.authorbethrecals.com or yeah, if you head to bit.ly slash recalls, then you can find links to all of my books on the book depository. Um, and I have another new book called Lockdown on London Lane. Three guesses what inspired a book about lockdown, um, which is being published next year. But there's like a first draft of it all on Wattpad to read for free. Neat. That is so uh, cool. If I might make a recommendation, uh, if you're looking for some uh, Christmas cheer here in the month of March, I recommend reading uh, It Won't Be Christmas Without You, uh, which is one Thanks, of the, one of the 41 books I've read this year. And actually was one of the most delightful experiences I've had all year and really got me through a horrible time in my life. Um, I'm definitely an Eloise because (laughs) Christmas is the best, but see a lot of my family thought that, um, I was much more Eloise, but I felt I was more Cara. So for, for it's an interesting one because I think everyone sees a bit of themselves and, one or the other. For reference, uh, my girlfriend and I took our Christmas tree down yesterday. Nice. <laughs> I approve. It is, it is March 14th. Yesterday. <laughs> it's actually still sitting in the box because I haven't brought it out to the car yet. Uh, yeah, so sometimes pick up all it. of Beth's books. Uh, say that again? I said sometimes you just got to like, keep Christmas decorations up. Oh, yeah. It was, it's, it's, been, it's been a first quarter here in 2021 for, for the old <laughs> Ethan clan. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so pick up all of best books. They're really great. Uh, they are a lot of fun. And if you buy them from Book Depository, they'll A, send you a bookmark and B, never stop emailing you ever. They, they. Lucky you. You've got a new friend via you've email. You've got a new friend. They will shill all of best <laughs> books for you as well as all of the books you could ever want. Uh, and they will not realize that you do not live in the United Kingdom. Um I am sorry in advance for or no, sorry they're delightfully for the fact in that it. case, but I know they do free shipping worldwide, so I always have to use that link because otherwise I get inundatable messages like, but what about in my country? And I'm like, I don't know where you are. I can't I help. Can't. Well, the Czech Republic. They got that book to me extremely fast for being coming from a different country. Uh, and also <laughs> it's great because uh, instead, if you live in America, you hear words like, like your package isn't shipped. And then uh, book depository is like, oh, your book's been dispatched, eh? 
<laughs> and it's just it's a delightful little taste of somebody else's culture uh, that doesn't come from Amazon. Um, uh, Beth, any last thoughts? Anything you want to add? Also, listen to this preview for Curly Critics. I was already I was put it in already. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess the only thing that I have left to say is what team? Wildcats. Wildcats. Get your head in the game. <laughs> So when you tweeted that earlier, I literally, I immediately went to remember the Titans, and I was like, <laughs> I'm supposed to leave myself out for the team! What team? What team? <laughs> no. See, I asked it on Instagram as well, and I got a couple of people who said Team Noah, and I was like, I appreciate you, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> um, and I got several hundred responses that were just like, Wildcats! You, uh, you Team Edward or Team Jacob? Team Edward. Team Peter, I'm gonna do a rewatch of all the Twilight films soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you consider yourself a fan fiction artist. Isn't that your whole job is to constantly be uh, revisiting the Twilight Better series for inspiration? It probably should be, but it's, it's usually Game of Thrones instead. You could write a best-selling uh, fan fiction series that you make entirely about sex, about Twilight. That hasn't been done so before. It, it hasn't. One of the um, Speaking of like Twilight fanfic that gets published, one of the first articles about me when I got published, there was one that called me the Dickens of the iPad generation, which I thought was really cool and flattering. What and a there was title. one that said, I know. And then there was one that said Fifty Shades of Youth. And I was like, Gross. Do you, okay. Uh, gross. I'm, Beth, you I know you write a lot of fan fiction. You can tell me. <laughs> Is a lot of it smut? It's a lot of slow burn enemies to lovers. Okay. The Dickens of the iPad generation. Versus Fifty Shades of Youth when I was 17. A, like, you need to write an autobiography called that. <laughs> I know. Uh, so this has been Bacon and Eggs. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. You can listen to his music at andrewscottbellmusic.com. Our, all of our graphics and artwork is by Vaishan Brandon. You can find him at graphite.vmb on Instagram. And uh, if you like the show and, more, and want more like it, then go to WBNE.org. There's a whole bunch of shows. I recently did a lot of updates to the website, so maybe it looks nice. Um, yeah, and you can judge my terrible web design. Uh, that's all I've got. Me too. Me three. Anyway, this has been Bacon and Eggs. I've been Ethan Edgel. He's been Tyler Carlin. And she, across the pond, has been Beth Reekles. Until next time, arrivederci. Ashley Tisdale. This has been a WBNE production. For more great shows, visit WBNE.org.